life. I remember asking the old rabbi, how can all these faiths in the world exist? I mean, doesn't one have to be right and all the other ones have to be wrong? Faith, I was really having so much trouble and feeling such a lot of pain about losing dad and also about did I do everything I should have and could have for him? That was that kind of torment. Off I went to a spiritual medium. Spirituality. With a painful, cracking voice. He say, I'm scared. And I know you can kill me. But I have to tell you this. Jesus loves you, Nikki. Well, I surrender to <laughs> his love. <laughs> More than this with Sheridan Boise. Today we're talking about the ancient prayer that can change your life. It is a famous prayer. I'm sure you know all about it. It can suffer, in fact, from neglect because we're so familiar with it. Or when we do pray it, we kind of pray it just because, you know, we just kind of recite it off by heart. We don't even think very much about it anymore. And yet, if you really do pray it with all your heart, it can profoundly, comprehensively change your life. It is, of course, the Lord's Prayer. And it is our focus on this episode of More Than This. Hello, Sheridan Voisey. Hope you're well. SheridanVoisey.com slash 052 is where you can leave me a comment. And also where you can leave me a voicemail, just like Ross did this week. I've just read your article, which is called 10 Ways to Simplify Your Life. And I found it extremely enjoyable and poignant. My wife and I have got to the point where we only use our car for under 10,000 kilometres a year. We either walk and cycle everywhere else. Uh, we're regular, very regular op shoppers and we're very regular declutterers. And our kids have even started to learn that, you know, you only have toys for a while and then when you don't use them anymore, you give them back to the op shop and they can give them to someone else who needs it more than they do. So uh, thanks for the inspiration and encouragement in that article. Well, thanks so much, Ross. And thanks for giving us your ideas too about what you and your family are doing to live a simple life. That's kind of added to the cache of ideas that I put into last week's podcast. If you missed it, just go to episode 51, 10 Ways to Live a Simple Life. Some quick announcements. It's only a week away until my new book, Resilient, is released worldwide. Wednesday, the 21st. Should know that by, by heart, shouldn't I? Wednesday, the 21st of October, a week from today. Now, if you're following my blog, you know that uh, we're right in the middle of eight days of resilience. Every day this week and the first couple of next week, I am giving away free chapters from Resilient. So you can basically do like an eight-day devotional journey with me. If you have not caught on to that, just go to SheridanVoise.com. You'll find it fast enough. And I hope that gives you a taste of the book, and I hope that then you'd like to order the book. If you do order the book before November 1st, that's about a fortnight from now, you will get three free bonuses when you come back to the blog and give your receipt number. You'll get uh, the study guide for the book. That's so you can use it with small groups or just by yourself if you like. You'll get uh, my ebook, Five Practices for a Resilient Life, and even better, you will get an e-copy of my award-winning book, Unseen Footprints, Encountering the Divine Along the Journey of Life, which is a perfect prequel for Resilient. Unseen Footprints is all about the spiritual journey, how we all, no matter whether we're religious or not, we are on a spiritual journey. And Resilient is how that spiritual journey takes on a Jesus shape and a Jesus form when we become followers of Jesus. So the two work very, very well together, even though they're written 10 years apart Unseen Footprints just is that little book that won't go away. Uh, it's seen its third edition now. It's going to become a fourth edition next year with a new US publisher. 
it will work really nicely. Anyway, buy Resilient between November uh, now November 1st and you will get Unseen Footprints for free. Also, I'm going to be speaking at the Woman to Woman conference coming up in London in a couple of Saturdays' time. Yes, I'm the only male speaker at a big 2,000 women in attendance conference. Uh, make of that what you will. <laughs> also at the Premier Digital Media Conference that's coming up in a few weeks' time as well. Looking forward to both of those events because they're wonderful events. Going to be doing kind of opening and closing keynotes at uh, both of those. If you would like more details, just go to my events page. Okay. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's a famous prayer. Some of us grew up reciting it every day in school. Some of us still hear it read aloud and prayed aloud in church every Sunday. You know, I didn't. I didn't have that background of growing up in a church uh, denomination where the Lord's Prayer was a regularly prayed thing. Um, my religious background is a, is a bit strange. Uh, I talk about it a bit in Unseen Footprints, and I'll talk a bit about it a little bit more in the, the Resilient DVD that's coming out next year. But I didn't grow up really used to having the Lord's Prayer around me at all. In the uh, kind of mid-90s, I used to volunteer as a, as a telephone counsellor. And I'll never forget this day where a lady called in, you know, poor soul, she had something going on and we you know, talked through things. And at the end, uh, she was a Christian. I was a Christian by that stage, but she said, can we pray the Lord's Prayer together? And I remember I just panicked because I didn't know the Lord's Prayer off by heart at all. And so I stammered and stumbled through it as she basically led me through it. Things are very, very different now. And I can tell you why they're different. It's because of the research that I did for the book Resilient. You may know that Resilient has come out of a little experiment that I tried a couple of years ago now where I started reading the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' main teaching of which the Lord's Prayer is a part, every day for a month. Then that went on to two months and then three and then went on to more and more months as I kind of really got into it and Resilient is now the result of that. But one of the things that has come out of that is that I now pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a day, often twice, morning and evening. And I have found it to be the most comprehensive prayer and the most life-changing prayer that you can actually pray. The rest of this episode is all about a little exercise, a little practice that can help you get the most out of this sometimes very well-worn group of words that we just kind of rattle off without thinking about them very much at all. This is all on today's blog notes, by the way, if you'd like to share it around or read it. You'll find it in even more detail in my free ebook, Five Practices for a Resilient Life, and of course, I go into the prayer in even more detail again in Resilient. So I suggest reading the prayer three times. But here's what you're kind of looking for with each read. The first read. Read the prayer through slowly, with your eyes following the words, but your heart directing them all to God. Uh, sometimes it can help to pray the words aloud. That'll take you less than a minute. Then, the second read. Read it through again, but this time personalize the prayer. My Father in heaven, give me today the food I need. Forgive me my sins. Now, I know that this can be a little bit sacrilegious for some people. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, it's an absolute sin to pray the Lord's Prayer uh, singularly 
because it's always a corporate thing. It's about praying for all of us as a group. And in fact, probably it was meant originally for whole churches to be praying together. No question with that. That's all completely fine. But the fact is that we can also pray the Lord's Prayer as an individual to the God who is listening to us. And in fact, I would suggest that sometimes if we only ever pray it in the plural version, our Father and give us today and forgive our sins, we can sometimes distance ourselves from what it's actually requiring of us. It's one thing to say, forgive us our sins. It's another thing to say, forgive me my sins. So while we never forget that the prayer is corporate, we can pray it personally. So that's what you do the second read through. And once you've done those two readings, try a third one. This time linger on each line. Just stop and pause and allow God to bring specific people and situations and responses to mind as you pray it. This is what I have found to be most profound about praying the Lord's Prayer regularly and slowly, is the fact that it's kind of like this doorway into this world and it opens up all sorts of other opportunities to pray. You don't pray it quickly. Spend some time here praying this with God because he can prompt different responses at each individual line. So let me give you some examples. My Father. This is intimate, embracing language about God. You know, the prayer starts with a definition of who God is, the great question of religious thinking. Who, what is God? And Jesus could have said, this is the great God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Jesus could have said, you know, go and pray to the great creator or the sustainer or the redeemer or the forgiver or the judge or the king, or whatever you want. No, Jesus says, God is your father. This isn't a faraway, distant deity. This God is close. He's caring. He's protecting. This is the ultimate relationship around which the rest of our lives revolves. And so this is a great opportunity in your own words. Thank God for loving you and accepting you and treating you as his own precious child. I have found this to be quite profound. After the end of the day, and maybe I've gotten up to things during the day that I'm not proud of, looked at things that I shouldn't have said, things I shouldn't have, didn't hold my tongue when I should have, didn't say things that I should have, didn't do things that I should have. Sins of omission and commission, as people have said before. It's so wonderful to start off saying, my father. The relationship hasn't changed. I may have things to repent of or to ask forgiveness from, but the relationship has not changed. He is still my father. And also, by the way, that means I am still his child. Whenever we pray, my father, we're also saying something profound about us, that we are his children. That is the ultimate statement of identity. See how just from the first couple of words of this prayer, it is so profound. My father, may your name be kept holy. The Lord's Prayer recognizes that when we are talking to God, we are on sacred ground. This is where reverence is in order and worship is in order. So take this opportunity to imagine God's beauty and God's power and love and purity and tell him how you feel as a response to that. May your kingdom come. Here we pray for God's peaceful, jubilant, colourful dream for the world to become a reality, for all evil to cease, for humankind to be ruled by him once again, for peace to reign. And you know what? It really helps to reign in our own dreams and kingdom building as well. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm in the middle of a project, the only thing that matters in the world is my project. It's my little kingdom. 
It's my will to be done. That's what I really am most important about right now in the middle of getting resilient out there into the world. That's all I'm thinking about. When I pray the Lord's Prayer every day, I am being reminded it's not about you, Sheridan. It's about his kingdom. It's about what he is doing. And it's about me doing my part in the midst of his big story, playing my little role. That's what it's all about. It helps put us into place, helps put our dreams and our aspirations and our ambitions into place inside the big story of God and what he is doing to redeem the world and reconcile the world to himself through Jesus. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth. This is where things get quite practical. God's will is already done in heaven, and we can thank God for that. I'm glad it's being done somewhere. (laughs) Now we can pray for it to be done on earth, in our lives, in our homes, in our offices, our universities, our communities. This is a great place to ask God to intervene in people's lives who need him, who need to know about him, who need his touch, who maybe need his healing or his, his forgiveness or to have some sort of blessing from him. It's a great place to be reminded of the people who need to be lifted up to God in prayer. Give me today the food I need. God actually cares about our needs for food, for clothing, for work, relationships, accommodation, for everything else. And we are to pray for these every day. Now, remember our conversation last week on simplicity. This is a daily thing. We're not praying for tomorrow's food. We're not praying for tomorrow's work even, or even tomorrow's projects. We're praying for our needs today. This would have made a lot of sense in first century Palestine when Jesus was originally sharing this prayer with, uh, with the world, because back then there were no refrigerators. Uh, folks were going out to do daily work to then buy daily food, which they ate, and then they replaced the next day. And that, how about that for trust? That's a place for trust. And so here is a place for us to ask for our needs to be met. Not just food, all of our needs. I think they're incorporated in that word food or daily bread, as some of the other versions of the Bible put it. And here is also a good time to remember that the prayer is not originally singular. It's plural. Give us today the food we need. This is the time to pray for those sponsor children you have who need food and clothing and education. Those other children around the world who don't have what you have Here's a time to pray for Syrian refugees right now, for their needs for a home and accommodation, for some sort of stability in their life. Here is a place to pray for other people and for their needs. And we shouldn't be surprised, by the way, when we pray the kind of this section of the Lord's Prayer, that God starts responding by putting ideas and people on our heart and specific things for us to do in response, kind of making us an answer to the very prayers we're giving to him. Forgive me my sins. All of us have lied and cheated and lusted and retaliated and done all the other things that Jesus has just railed against in the rest of his Sermon on the Mount when he then kind of gets to this section on spirituality. And if we're honest, most of us want our wills to be done, not God's. We've got a selfish bent. Here's a time to be specific about the sins that we have committed, and we ask God to forgive each and every one of them. Jesus died and rose again so he could take all of those sins and bury them in a Palestinian grave so that they kind of washed off us the way mud washes off our body in a cleansing rain. This is God's deal with us. This is what Jesus came to do. Forgive us our sins, cleanse us and change us and transform us. When we say, forgive me my sins, we are being honest and saying, I need it. I need this. 
Forgive me my sins, as I have forgiven those who sin against me. Bitterness and resentment and revenge seem to always grow from small little seeds. And again, I have found that in praying this prayer daily, it helps me to keep control of those little grievances that can so quickly develop into big relationship problems. Somebody has said something about you, or somebody has not said something about you that you were hoping that they would. Uh, Maybe somebody has not done something that they said they'd do. They haven't followed through on a promise, and you are feeling a grievance build up there. Forgive them, God. I will forgive them now, because you have forgiven me. Don't let me yield to temptation. Every day, we are tempted to ignore God, to take advantage of others, do exactly the opposite of what the great commandment is all about, loving God and loving others. We pray here for strength to live lives that reflect God's own nature, to choose integrity and faithfulness and generosity over selfishness. And I think God uses this part of the Lord's Prayer to shape our character into that of Jesus himself. Don't let me yield to temptation. Rescue me from the evil one. We all know there is the presence of evil in the world. Humans have to take responsibility for so much of that because we are free agents. We can make decisions that are wrong. But at the same time, Jesus recognizes here there is such a thing as an evil being, commonly called Satan, who is at work behind the scenes. But we are praying to a God who is much greater than the evil one. Rescue me from the evil one. Again, I love praying this for people that I know that are really caught up in stuff. I met a guy at church actually this last week wrestling with drug addiction and all sorts of things. This is a great opportunity to be able to pray for him. Rescue him, God. Rescue him from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you know anything about the Bible and the Lord's Prayer, you may well know that these words are not found in the earliest biblical manuscripts that we currently have today, even though they've been part of the popular level of the prayer uh, for generations and generations. Jesus probably didn't actually give them in the original prayer. As Scott McKnight, the biblical scholar, has said, they're probably a paraphrase of a verse in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29 that then just got added to the prayer because the church were praying it throughout the the years and the years and the years, and it just kind of slipped into uh, some of the later biblical manuscripts. doesn't matter. These are a biblically formed, appropriate ending to this prayer, because we start with God saying, Our Father, we end it now saying, It's your kingdom and your power and your glory that really matters. And so we come to the ending of the prayer, recognizing that uh, he owns the world, his power is what matters, He is worthy to direct our lives, and ultimately, life is about Him. So that's where I'm up to with the Lord's Prayer and why I'm finding it just so profoundly transforming for me personally, and I hope that's helpful for you. I'm not going to end this episode on any outro music or anything like that. I just want to kind of fade to silence and give you an opportunity to start praying the prayer straight away, right now. Remember, slowly focused on God, allowing him to form in you and your heart a response to every line you pray.